BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. A few months ago, I got an email from a professor at Howard University asking me to get some historical info from a book that he said can only be found at the Oakland History Center. That's on the second floor of the main library in downtown. You can't find the book on the internet or in a local bookstore, like nowhere else. After I relayed the findings to my friend, I thought about it some more. The Oakland History Center, there's a story in there. I mean, it's a library, duh. But I wanted to go back there with my producer to get to know the person who knows the History Center the best. Use your inside voice. We're going in right after this. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Adelfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The main branch of the Oakland Public Library is that big beige building near Lake Mary. Hey, Ben, what does it smell like? It smells like leather-bound books and mahogany. That's where we went to talk about Oakland history with the center's librarian, Dorothy Lazard. Oh, my goodness. Blacks in Oakland, 1852 to 1987. This is Don Hausler's book. It's a seminal document. So you know that's the book that brought me in here today, right? Like that book in particular. Right on. I was just fascinated by the fact that there was this book that documents black history and it can rarely be found. One of the places you can find it is here. You can't take it out of here. And right. So- but the thing with Don Hausler's book is that it's a typescript. It is what we consider an essential work uh, in the history of African-American Oakland. I think anybody who's written in the last... 30 years about Oakland has consulted it, and uh, I'm glad that we have copies of it. (laughs) Blacks in Oakland, 1852 to 1987. It's like an encyclopedia for black folks in the town in the 1900s. 
Don Hausler, an Oakland historian, took it upon himself to document the stories of local folks. And in his pages, you'll find stories of store owners and dentists and people who are part of the community and those who are doing amazing work. Like Dr. Mary Agnes Lewis, who was a professor and leader in the black consciousness movement. That's who the Howard professor wanted me to research. And without Dorothy's guidance, I wouldn't have been able to find her. It dawned on me that your role is like a gatekeeper to that book. Correct. But I'm a gatekeeper to a lot of books and documents. And it, what are you trying to get at? <laughs> How does that feel? How does it feel? It feels uh, empowering. Sometimes it feels bewildering, you know, because things are, you know, a physical thing will eventually erode. Not that particular physical thing, but um, there are things in my care that need special care. Other precious documents in her care are photos. Dorothy invited me back to a staff-only room, opened up one of the dozens of filing cabinets in there, and pulled out this folder full of really old pictures. This is Jenny Prentice, this picture here. She was someone who helped raise Jack London. Yeah. This is her with his daughters. These are black elks and members of the Allen Temple Baptist Church community. Look at those froze. <laughs> <laughs> you could give me a box of old photos for Christmas and I'd be the happiest kid on the block. I mean, just looking at the faces and the fashion, the places, the stories, they spark so many questions. Just another reason to appreciate the Oakland History Center. People come in to talk about all kinds of things. They come in to do research on their houses. They come in to find out about their new neighborhoods or their old neighborhoods. They come in to find out about public buildings, maybe in peril of being torn down or what used to be where they are, you know. How often do you get interviewed? Lately, you know, because now everybody's interested in black people because it's almost February. <laughs> so a lot. Um, no, um, not a lot. A few times a year. Shit. She should be interviewed weekly. Like, just to recap what happened and how it applies to history. She's a wealth of knowledge. And most importantly, she makes it accessible. Like, she's someone you generally want to talk to. And she has information that you want to know. Dorothy, I know who you are. I know the amazing work that you do here at the library. And I'm familiar with you because I come in here quite often to talk to you about life all kinds of things, you know, actually. Uh, everything from Baldwin to my daughter to baseball. Toddlerhood, to yeah. Black history, food, you name it. Yes. I'd like to know a little bit about yourself. When did you first move to Oakland? When did your family come to Oakland? My family came to Oakland in the summer of 1970 from San Francisco. And we had all these trees in our backyard, lemon tree, plum tree, fig tree, loquat tree. All I remember about summers is just like eating fruit, climbing trees, running around, you know, just like a big tumbleweed of kids, you know. <laughs> just blowing through the just streets. Just blowing through. Uh, those were our best <laughs> days, you know. That's a hell of an image. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I've been trying to make sense of my childhood because you know when you get this age you start forgetting a lot of it next question <laughs> no but that that's the next question is what what made you go into being a, a historian initially i learned to appreciate old things 
because I had an old dad. He was born in the 19th century. And then um, another big trigger came when I was about 14. At the time, the Oakland Museum uh, for Black History Month, as it turns out, was sponsoring a film festival featuring old African-American films where they were the central characters. That's an awesome... I got to talk to James Earl Jones once. Oh, my God. Wrong. You are a prince who has never tied his shoes. The voice. Believe me, I tied my own shoes once. It is an overrated experience. Total geek out. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And this series ended up evolving into Black Filmmakers Hall of Fame, which was a nonprofit here in Oakland that ran for 26 years. You're shaking your head, Wait, so you what? must... That's the origins of that it? That was the origins of it. It was a February program for the Oakland Museum, and that's how I became a librarian, as a matter of fact. What? I volunteered for them, and I'd answer the phone, and, you know, they had this huge mass of slides and they wanted me to sort it out. Here's some magazines, here's some slides, here's some whatever. And then I got the idea of going to library school, Berkeley's library school, when Berkeley had a library school. And that's how it started. That's an awesome entry into any profession, but be it something that you... Yeah, I mean, who knew I would end up here? Yeah. Uh, down the street from the museum where, you know, the whole kind of loop started. Why is the work you do here important right now in 2020? So much of our society is about what's happening now, and there isn't this kind of long view of history. Mm -hmm. It's important that there are organizations like this who are working to say, no, this time mattered. These events matter. These events inform us who we are, who we could become, and what we were because we are trying to tell a broader picture of what Oakland was. Last year, in 2019, we mounted an African-American Oakland exhibit and, of course, put into it a lot about gentrification and housing segregation and, and how did we come to this particular moment in Oakland's history as far as housing, because, as you probably well know, Though we don't make up the majority of the population in Oakland, African Americans are disproportionately represented among the homeless population. 75% is what I heard last. 70%. I wrote, literally was writing about it at 2 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was literally thinking about it at 2 a.m. when you were writing about it. <laughs> mind mail, mind mail. So there's a huge amount of responsibility in maintaining a collection like this because some of our things like our, you know, 19th century death certificates are rare and they're falling apart, you know, and you have to make sure they're rebound or packaged in a way that kind of slows down or retards the deterioration. So, yeah. And what about your identity? Like, how does that play a part in the role that you... Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. Because so much of our history as African Americans has been lost to history, not written down or recorded. And we're happily in a period of time where we can reclaim history and share it broadly. So the 
interesting thing about being a librarian from an underrepresented group in the library world is that you do feel, both as a professional, a responsibility to any collection you are managing, but you also feel an added, as a member of an underrepresented group, uh, you do feel an enormous amount of responsibility as like a cultural guardian to make sure that my story or the story of my people were represented in that. Is it political? Probably. Do I care? Not even a bit. You know, it's not a party until I'm there. <laughs> you know, that's that's how I've, I've always felt. Thank you. I Thank you so I much. I answered your questions. You answered so much more than just my questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. Thank, Thank you. you. Big thank you to historian and librarian Dorothy Lazard, who you can find at the Oakland History Center during the week. Why is everything ish right now? I don't know. Now-ish. I really thought I was doing something. You are not watching enough TV. There's a lot of ish on TV. And I don't even have cable, so. Thank you to my producer, Ashley Ann Krigbaum. Thank you to Jessica Plachik, the editor behind this show. And thank you to the higher-ups at KQED. That's David Marcus, Holly Kernan, and Julie Kane. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. This is Right Nowish. And before you go, I just ask you to go out and get a library card. Read a book. Peace. Dara, I mentioned on Mike, you... Um, leaving school to go to the parade for the Oakland A's championship. Oh, stop it. Why'd you bring that up? What if my sister is listening? Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.